Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of marijuana. Since 2010, state and local police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating marijuana laws, over half of all drug arrests. Black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana laws than white people. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing marijuana laws every year. Most of the people police are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot, just like me. I'm Gary Chambers, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of marijuana. Since 2010, state and local police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating marijuana laws, over half of all drug arrests. Black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana laws than white people. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing marijuana laws every year. Most of the people police are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot, just like me. I'm Gary Chambers, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. What's good, my people? It's your boy Kevin Black with the Thomas Media Group, LLC. You know how we rock. Salute to all the MTM DJs. We built our own lane, so we stay in it, baby. Hey, we're going to give y'all some of this politics as usual today. It's a lot of shit happening in politics. Government, hip-hop, sports, they all political, baby. So let's jump off into this. Y'all know how we do. Let's go. This your boy, Kevin Black, man, for the Bread and Butter Podcast. And like I told y'all, man, this shit was going to be different, man. We was definitely going to be reaching out to the people that we feel is knowledgeable enough to bring y'all a message. You feel me? And when it comes to our government, we really got to take heed to what's going on and how they moving, because it's really going to affect us. It, it, it's shocking us now, but four to six to ten years later, we're going to feel the repercussions. So I want to get over my man Crow from the go. You feel me? I feel he's a real knowledgeable brother when it comes to politics and how things are really shifting and affecting our neighborhoods of color. All color, not just no black neighborhood, no Mexican neighborhood, because you got to understand, if you got any melon in you, (laughs) you are the enemy of the oppressor. And that's just fact, no matter how you play it. You feel me? So, Crow from the Go, how you doing, brother? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How you doing, bro? How you doing, Kevin? Man, blessed, man. I'm I'm up talking to you. You feel me? Getting to the business. You feel me? And, um, hey, I can't complain, brother. I cannot complain. Well, I just want to be first to say it is, um, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Um, this is like my first interview that I'm doing. So, you know, go easy on me, but I'm going to give you the honest answers and my, my best opinion and my, the best things I can tell you, bro. Just real talk. And, we'll, and we appreciate that. That's what we're here for. Um, <laughs> But before we started the show, we was talking, and uh, I, I was giving you my read on how I be looking at your post. You feel okay. me? And like I said, I was like, I felt that you ride with the Republicans due to their force, and you be against the Democrats due to the um, pacifier the enabling they do to our community through their through their programs. 
And then you Wait. you was like, no, nah, let me clarify. So what what let's get back okay. into what you were saying. Like I was saying, um, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. Um the the biggest gripe that I have, like, I'm not gonna say with Democrats, because that's like putting them all in a group and all of them don't think the same. True. The problem that I have with certain Democrats are policies that they set forth that enable us to be or keep us at a disadvantage. They don't give us um, the proper, how can I say this? They don't give us the proper opportunity to grow as, as a people, as a community. And um, that's like one of the biggest things, like a lot of the Democratic leaders that we've entrusted to open up certain doors for us and create certain opportunities for our growth, economically, um, education-wise, um, job force training-wise, workforce training, um, they didn't fulfill those obligations and those promises that they gave us. So it's like um, the Democrats love to keep people at a disadvantage because, and this is just my opinion, they receive their powers from us being at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest gripe that I got. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. As I look at, you know, my old neighborhood, and I look at Chicago on a whole back in the 80s and the 90s, you know, and I couldn't see it then. I was young. You know, I'm in the streets. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to survive. But I'm also seeing both sides of the coins when it comes to the organizations that form. They later on turned into gangs. People call them gangs. But when they first formed, it was all about the people. You feel Man, me? Facts. And um, the brothers who ran them, you feel me, was about the people. You see what I'm saying? And they was about the neighborhoods which they grew up in. I'm talking about fathers keeping them correct. You know, nothing moving in a way where, you know, tear down the community. It was all about uplifting. And it's like I used to walk down 63rd and really see these are black owned shops and people don't understand what that meant back then because the brothers in the neighborhood back then if you want black owned you had to pay back to the people you couldn't right. just you couldn't just come in the neighborhood and just take money out the neighborhood you had to give back to the people so that's why they started using those this is black owned so the guys that was collecting the dudes from these stores, they wouldn't even bother them because they were yeah. from the community. Hey, and not to cut you off, right? You said you said something that made us that made us brothers a long time ago. Cause I'm from Detroit. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in um in the Washington Park neighborhood. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So when you talk about 63rd Street, or Inglewood or the South Side, Auburn Gresham. Woodlawn, you know, all that. Woodlawn, those, those communities had a different, like, to me, that's that's like second grounds. Those are second grounds. Mm -hmm. Because the, the things that you witnessed growing up, they will give you a different uh, perception about life and what it is to have brotherhood and have community. Mm -hmm. 63rd Street, and that's why it hurt me so bad when I see these little brothers you know, uh, 
from Parkway Gardens, as they call Old Block, and I see the bro- brothers that from uh, the Dark Side, but they call it EPT. And, right. You know. Right. You know, it, it hurts me to see that because I remember what it was like before, like nineteen eighty-eight, right. around that time, eighty-nine. Right. You no, know, that's when things took a different. It embodied a different persona at that time. Right, that true that. I was just, so, woo, I was up, just talking about them years. Up, up until that point, you know, um, you've seen a, a different, it was a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Around 88, 89, things changed, and that's when it went, um, <clears throat> like, on a decline, I would, have, I would have to say. You know, the, the attitude, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, um, because I remember growing up, and you had all organizations getting money at the same in the same building. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And one of the buildings that was like that was the Calumet building. True that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they had MCs, Vice Lords, GDs, BDs, Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was there getting money. That's how Cottage Grove was at one time. Yeah, that Cottage Grove was exactly like that because you had the like the the, uh, the row houses on 61st, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you had gangs. You had gangsters around there. You had stoles around there. MCs, foes. You, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And I and, and yeah, and we just gonna call it what it is. That was that was the crack era. Yeah. You feel me? That's what made the decline. The crack yeah. era. Well, I'm gonna say this, and um, I'm not trying to. Don't get it twisted. I'm not trying to say selling crack was a good thing or selling crack was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But um, crime. Um, filtered throughout America, True. the whole demographic. The only difference in other neighborhoods and ours was that it wasn't controlled. We lost control of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because people started to pay attention to the dollar, yeah, more than, and they lost focus on their brothers. So now everybody wanted because it, it it gave us a chance to have um, economic freedom, financial freedom. So True. everybody wanted to be free. So the only way they think they can gain freedom was by um, making the most money. And that's what we went wrong at. True. I think if we'd have kept a tighter grip on it and made it more controlled and mm-hmm. a little bit more organized, um, it would we would have had different, different results, I think. Because yeah. it's, it's everywhere. Crack just didn't hit the black folks' neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Our neighborhood was just, um, it was unregulated. You know, anybody, any, you know, it was just unregulated. People started to be more greedy. Greed set in. And, and and that's what changed. And that's why I may differ a little bit from what you're saying. I do agree with what you're saying until you say it just in here, our neighborhood. You feel me? History allows me to know that it was purposely put in our neighborhood. Purposely. They had knew about crack all the way in the 70s. You feel me? It come from the root of it is a pay. It's called peso. It was in Peru where they was cooking it at. You feel me? So you can't get crack like that back then because it, it, it took too much flame heat to make it crack. So the U.S. government purposely, from a chemical that's made here, they purposely sent it down to Southern America so they would be able to make it crack easier to get to the people because it was so cheap and when you have any type of cheap cheap drug it's going to 
the neighborhoods of color on purpose. And that's where I would differ from, and that's why I want to have you on the show, because I'll be looking at the political landscape as good cop, bad cop, right? And every four to eight years, it switch up. The Democrats will play good cop, Republicans will play bad cop. You feel me? And, and But we are the ones that's most affected. Our neighborhoods are the ones most affected. And from looking at it from that point of view, and you understanding um, politics the way you do, why do you think we accept, after we put the leadership in there, we accept them to ignore us? Um. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, cause I'm a black man, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and you a black man and I don't want to be offensive to our, our brothers, but I got to keep it 100. I got to keep it all the way 100. Please do. We as black men, we have to do a lot better. We, we have to do a lot better. I mean, when I say a lot better, myself is included. We have to um, put like, we got to respect each other's differences. Don't put them away. We have to respect each other's differences. Wow. Um, and in the process of respecting each other's differences, black men, we have to stand together and and look at the bigger picture. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We have to come up with a, um, a set of goals that are our goals set for our community as a whole not individual see what we get caught up in is a lot of people have individual goals personal goals and we lose the bigger goals and that's to protect our women our children our communities um uplift them um control what's going on and and be focused on the next five generations um coming up in an environment where they can be productive and successful citizens in America. And that's where we go wrong at. Every other race of um every other race of individuals in America, you can take the Latinos, you can take the Caucasians, they have differences. Let's let, let's be honest. You know, you have Irish people, all Caucasians aren't just um Europeans. You have Italians, you have Irish, you have um people from Britain, England, mm-hmm. London, all around the world. Their differences still keep them, um, they respect each other's differences. But when it comes to setting goals for the community, goals for for things, keeping things in order, they, they, they have a system where it works. You know, they respect the women. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's better that we have to work better at ours. I'm going to say it like that. We have to work a lot better at odds. True. I, I, I mean, even even I'm gonna take this for example. Um, if you look at the community organizations that you were speaking on that later turned to gangs, we have to learn how to respect each other's differences. Mm-hmm. If you're under the five, if you're under the six, um, we still men, black men at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We should learn how to respect each other's community. I'm not gonna take more from you. I'm not gonna let you take more from me. You know, you do what you do over there. I'm going to do what I do over here. If it's if it comes to a situation where we uh, disagree, before we go to blows and before we get um, in our feelings, let's sit down and talk about it and see if we can't come up with a, a positive and peaceful resolution 
without the guns. Because if you if you a man, and I know you're a fighter, you know what I'm saying? And I'm a fighter. Right. And we know what's going to happen if we fight. Both of us is going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. So let's avoid us hurting each other and think of a, a compromise where it will be successful and we can uh, leave a positive example for the kids coming behind us. Because we just beat the hell out of each other. I mean, we're not solving nothing. True that. You know what I'm saying? And that's and that's what we need to learn as black men, to respect these other differences and keep focused the common goal, the common purpose of us doing whatever we're doing. You know, and that's what we got to get better at. We got to get better at that. Our women, and we got to promote our sisters to get better at that. You know what I'm saying? We, we got to get better. We got to become more unified. And put the petty differences aside. And then things will change in our community. And things will change for us um, all around the board. I feel you. And, 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 I, and, I, and I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Because I look at our situation on a whole. We have, we have talent. We have ambition. We have drive. We have everything that at one point you heard on a regular that we didn't have. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it was like me coming up, I was told just because I lived in the area I lived in on 61st, you feel me? And I happened to go to Fitz, you feel me? Before 61st, I moved from 47. So it was inherited to me. I didn't even know that. I was going to be part of the Gangster Disciples. You feel me? That was just a, like known. Like, okay, I don't know it, but the people that's old around me, that's how they looked at it. You feel me? And it was shocking to hear, like, I'm 12 years old, and they said, uh, you won't even make it past 14. You feel me? Mm -hmm. And it damaged me. I didn't realize how much it damaged me until I was like 35, 36. Cause I was actually living. Once I got fourteen, I was living like shit. I ain't. I'm lucky. I might not. I, I ain't gonna make it to fifteen. Mm. So any chance was to be taken to get some money. You feel me? To help my OG out and make sure my little sister was straight. You feel me? My cousins and shit was straight. I took with no regret. You feel me? And I, I can look back now and be like, damn, that fucked you up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then you start seeing people a little older than you die around you. Then it comes to your generation getting killed around you. And, and I couldn't figure out for the life of me why the shit was happening. But you touched on it earlier. It was the it was the money. It was the greed. It was the influx of money that came with the whole lifestyle of selling drugs. And then you had the lifestyle. Because you're right, it, it, it brought on a sense of freedom. And then you had the the, the politics, and this is what I want to touch on. When it comes to the politicians, the role they played in it, in designing the neighborhoods the way they designed them. Because I look at 63rd now, right? And a lot of, a lot of youngsters don't know about Hale Washington. They probably heard him. They don't actually know what type of man he was and, and what he brought to the table for our people. And I look at 63rd and them still, the things they doing on 63rd right now 
was set in place by him. How 63rd is being brought up now, how it looked, even when they put the church down there on Kimbard, I think, and when they put them row houses down there, when they stopped the train, that, and that was one of the things, when they stopped the train. Because the train used to go all the way to Stony Island. Yeah. So they were like that, that right there, that was that was the sign of we finna rebuild this whole neighborhood. And we're gonna let y'all lock y'all self away. And that's exactly what they did. And that came through the hands of the politicians at that time. And, and I'm happy you brought that up. Now, now, now do you understand why I got a dick right with Democrats? Who yeah. was our majority elite? I'm not picking sides, but let's just be honest. No, I, I agree. I'll be agreeing with you. I just yeah. always yeah. play devil advocates because I, I know what you're talking about. Coming from 63rd, I, I understand exactly what you're talking right. about. But yeah. I'll be coming yeah. at now. Yeah, and it's just not the whole <coughs> Democratic Party. It was those individuals mm -hmm. that I consider... Uh, and some of our political leaders, some of them were Democrats, some of them had non-for-profit organizations. Mm -hmm. They were gatekeepers. Yeah. And and they and they and, and they, I'm being honest, were a big cause of the problem because they didn't want to. Here I go again with the greed. They got in and they was like, um, excuse my language because I don't like saying this. I'm not one of those niggas. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't even like using the word nigga, but right. how I have to speak so you can get what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not one of those niggas. I'm 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 good, I'm wholesome, I'm clean, I'm I'm not from the ghetto, I'm not this, you know what I'm saying? And they use those individuals to keep us at a standstill when they should have been unifying us. True. I mean, I look back, um, you think Jesse Jackson couldn't come to the hood, and I'm just using him as an example. You think he couldn't come to the hood and really help stop some of them gang wars if he really wanted to. True that. Like, they didn't ban him out the hood. Yeah. They didn't say he could have come to the hood. He could have drove down and people would have respected if he just said, hey, man, look, okay, y'all getting money or whatever, but don't you think it's a different way y'all can go about it? Let's figure out a way to go about it where you don't have to kill each other. Let's figure out a way of going about it where it don't have to be. Who says that? I mean, this is just me. I'm not condoning any criminal activity in no type of way. I, I want to be clear on that. But who says that we couldn't figure out a way to where um, neighborhoods were set up where, because they did it out west. Let's just let's look at the west side. They had it set up strategically where this, this corner, this, this joint, we ain't finna do this. You're going to get your money. We're going to get our money. We're going to pod. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know what? It actually used to be like that. But what happened was the whole 21 century vote thing. You feel me? When that organization went political, when the old man started getting on rappers' albums, telling them, look, man, fuck the bullet, go to the ballot box. When they start setting up precinct captains and, and having the membership participate and everything that was political, that scared the shit out of Daly and all the hierarchy in the machine. And people don't understand how powerful the machine in Chicago is. 
They are bloodthirsty mosquitoes, always have been. And if you're not plugged with them, you're against them. You feel me? So when the neighborhoods was doing that, like, I remember when, that, when Parkway Gardens first became BD. And a lot of guys think this, this, um, quote unquote BDGD war started with O Block and STL. Oh, no, that was that was that that that, that was, was eighty eight. Yeah, that like was it was like eighty eight, eighty yeah. I remember I remember like when now. I remember when where Dog Side sit at now, the CBLs used to be right there. The MCs used to be down that way. You feel me? Because you had the GDs you, it was an open-air policy on Calumet, you feel me? But the GDs ran over there. The GDs ran on Indiana. The GDs ran O-Block, what they call O-Block now. You feel me? Yeah, then, so you, you around my age, then. You yeah. Know. <laughs> but you had, then you had a resurgence of the BDs, right? You had a resurgence of them, and they hooked up with the Dale Vikings and a lot of, you feel me? organizations that a lot of people don't know about right now down from the projects. You feel me? So they start buying up land. And everybody was getting along. It was like a one love thing. You feel me? If you had any money problems, you had somebody you go holler at this brother did this from this or if it was in your own organization and things was being taken care of in the proper way. But, you know, things break down due to money. Like you say, due to money. You feel me? So it was like that at one time. But greed fucks up everything. Yeah. You know? Greed, greed and ideas of... And the and, and only, only thing you take is one rotten apple to fuck up... Uh, excuse me. One rotten apple to mess up the bunch. True that. And at that time, I'm going to be honest with you, you have to ask yourself a question. You know what I'm saying? And you have to do this um, with respect to everybody. When you see something like that developing, somebody coming and they moving different, you have to bring that to the multitude of individuals. You have to say, hey, look, what you talking about, man? What you doing is going to mess up everything that we got going on. You being a little greedy. And and he said, you, you have to hear him out. You have to hear this individual out before the guns get drawn in. And mm -hmm. you, have to, you have to first acknowledge it. And you can't act like you don't see it. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to acknowledge it first. Hey, man, what you, you moving funny, man? What you doing, bro? That that ain't that ain't how we been moving. What you want? Man, I ain't getting no money. I need more of this. Okay, let's talk about the issues that you got. Because the way you moving, you sending out bad vibes, and it's going to make a, a reaction that's not right. Like, you got to call a bad apple a bad apple. You can't be with the bad apple because you're scared of them. If, even if it's one of your own, no, nigga, you tripping. I mean, excuse my language for saying that. Right. Like, no, no, I feel you. you know I feel you. You got to be like, no, man, you tripping, bro. Like, you tripping. Like, we ain't on that. And you got to stand on that because you got to remember um, the, the oath that you took, so to speak. You got to remember, you got to remember the oath and the creed that you took, so to speak. And if you're not moving in, in a righteous way of upliftment, that means you 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 a cancer to the people, and we can't have that. I mean, mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta stand on that, and you can't say, "Oh man, it's one of mine." I got I'm gonna overlook it. No, because once he started, 
you think other people and uh, other organizations ain't gonna feel some type of way and they gotta write as men. So you you gotta nip that in the bud through the door. And before they nipped it, they let it get out of control. And and once that, you know, once the fighting started and the bullets started, then it ain't no more talking. Don't nobody wanna talk. It's hard to talk after that. It's hard to come because everybody's emotional, they're dealing with hurt, they done lost somebody. But um that's why I said we got to do a better a line of communication, man. We got to, like, right now is the best time. Right now is the, I mean, it looks like, and this is just my opinion, you know, it looks like the city is totally in chaos right now. Mm-hmm. And and in the midst of this chaos, bro, like, I see how beautiful this city is. And I, I see it, like, and it's crazy because I see how beautiful this city is. Every day when I'm, when I'm, been in blocks, so I'm going to work on moving around. I see how beautiful this city is. I don't care what people try to make it. Mm-hmm. I see how beautiful it is because we have a we have life and we have opportunity to change. But it's gonna take it's gonna take. And I'm gonna be honest. It's going to take the men first to set these p- parameters and boundaries up. And once our sisters see us walking in a certain type of way. They're gonna be like, okay, how he walking is righteous. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help this brother out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand with him. I'm not gonna stand against him. I'm gonna stand with him. I'm gonna help him, because the women are the ones that could change this narrative if we get right. Because we don't teach the children. True that. We don't teach the children. They teach the children. The women teach the children. They're the first teachers. After the baby come out the room, they they teaching the baby every day that they feed them. That they nurture them and that they love them. I don't care how much we love our children, True they that. always love mama more. True that. Mama's there every step of the way. She nurtured them from the time they were conceived from the most high. She fed them inside a womb. They relate to her, they feel her pain. So we got to treat our women better and with more respect so they can teach the babies a better way. Because we done already lost two generations, bro. I mean, I'm I'm being honest. We done lost two generations. Well, I'm a, I'm a, we, we ain't totally one. We lost for sure. The second generation, like we can try to kind of like get them the ones that's like the 13s down to like about the eight year olds, 13s. We can we can kind of like say them. They can be worked with. The ones that's like from 13 to like up to 24, they they already in mode doing what they doing, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? But but we can work on them too. We yeah, can't yeah. I was just gonna say they 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 um. That's who we have to go after. Yeah, we, we, we have to go after them because that's who the thirteen on up, I mean on down is looking at. Hey, we gonna we gonna pause this for one hot second, and we are gonna jump into part two real shortly. Hey, this your boy Kevin Black, man. Y'all see we doing over here politics as usual, really chopping it up, really having a good conversation about our community, man. So I hope y'all can take some from it, and um, we out. Okay, people, this your boy Kevin Black for the Politics as Usual podcast. And I hope y'all enjoy part one with my man Crow from the Go. We're going to jump off into part two. We got a whole list of things we about to be talking about. But most important of all, we talking about us and our own communities. Crow from the Go, how you doing, baby? Man, I'm blessed, bro. Like I said, man, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. I'm enjoying our dialogue and conversation. That's what's and up, man. Want, I definitely I appreciate you. I want to give all glory and praise to the Most High Creator for giving us this opportunity. 
Man, I definitely appreciate you coming through, man, and um, really giving the people some insight on how we come up and what we need to go as a people. Like we was talking, man, um, our own neighborhoods. You feel me? We let's talk about the ongoing destruction in the name of a righteous brother. You feel me? You go by the name of Larry Hoover, and um, you were speaking on how everybody be saying, free Larry, free Larry, um, as they under the growth and development flag, but they still using in their back pocket the hidden flag against the disciple. Let's talk about that. Um. Well, that that's a that's a deep con that's a deep conversation. That's what we here for. Um, and I'll I'll just say it like this to in a nutshell. Um, gangster disciple. Um, later was I mean, Mr. Hoover switched it to growth and development. And if you know anything about growth and development in nature, this is nature. We're not just talking about um in the streets. In the streets, we're talking about in nature. Once you degrow and once you develop, you evolve. And you have to act a certain type of way and you grow and develop. And you evolve. Once you know better, you do better. And it would be so much, and I'm not just saying this uh, in terms of people that believe in the gangster disciple concepts and ideologies. I'm talking to all individuals. Mm -hmm. Back on July 22nd, 1978, with the Pontiac 17, the Brothers, the Brothers of the Struggle organization was created in Pontiac Prison. They consisted of 17 individuals from different organizations that came together. That concept is a humongous concept that a lot of people let it fly. If we go back to being a community of men like that, of everybody, if they were a part of a other organization or they are a new organization or any organization, and we learn how to work together, we will have a very strong impact. And that alone in itself, people say free Larry Hoover, that alone in itself will help him come home earlier. Because then the people that's in higher power will be able to see the positive impact that he had on men's lives. To do mm -hmm. something constructive and become productive American citizens. True that. Um, I'm a part of a, a a brotherhood right now. Um, we call it, uh, you know, it's the Dixon Brotherhood. Okay. And it's approximately like 400 of us, mm. and the numbers are growing every day. And we're black. It's white. It's Asian. It's Latino. Uh, from different organizations, uh, community organizations, one that later turned into street gangs, mm -hmm. and we work together uh, tremendously in all different aspects of life. We of definitely got to talk about that. Together. We definitely got to talk about that. So I, I, I have to acknowledge that because uh, those are steps that we are practicing, not in the criminal aspect, but in a becoming a positive, productive citizen aspect of, of building brotherhood across racial barriers, across, across um, 
once were considered gang lines to be productive citizens, man. Mm -hmm. To be productive American citizens. And 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 that's where we all need to be headed. To realize that America is a country of opportunity. It's a country of growth. It's a country, it's a country of development, growth and development. Mm -hmm. And it's a country of evolution. And we just have to tap into um the source as it may be and grow and evolve and develop. And that's why I stand on that. I mean, it's going to take a lot of work, but we can get it done with open, effective communication um, and respect. It, I mean, I can't say love because it's difficult to love a person if you don't even respect them first. If True you can communicate with them honestly. True that. So let's work on those two principles first. Open, honest um, communication and respect, and the loving part will come easy after that. So what's your take on the neighborhood rebuilding? What part, I can't say if any, but it really be looking like that, if any, if we are allowed to play any part in the rebuilding of our own communities. You feel me? Because I've heard, and I keep track of it, but I didn't like like when the, when they legalized it, the marijuana, and I found out no one of color got a license. And well, um, and and that's good you brought that up because one of my brothers, Tyrone Muhammad, uh, with support for local weed man, he's fighting for that right now. Shout out to Tyrone Muhammad, um, and ECCSC, mm -hmm. um, he's fighting for that right now. And the one thing I can say about that, um, and I'm going to be honest about that, like I said, it goes back to the men first. We have to become um, more educated. We have to put 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 away our petty issues with one another, mm -hmm. our egos, and we have to create uh, a goal list, a list of goals that we are here to accomplish and, and put aside our petty differences and we learn to respect each other's different opinions and others' different beliefs in order to fulfill and carry out whatever goals we need to accomplish. And I don't really, I don't really, um, I was kind of like upset at first that they didn't give any um, person of color any um, uh, license to distribute marijuana. And, and that's still a big issue. But before we even get to that issue, we need to work on that. It'll be a lot easier to get that door open once we work on, like I said, learning how to speak and communicate honestly and openly with each other. Mm -hmm. And also learning how to respect one another as men and respecting our differences. Every problem that we have uh, could be solved if we uh, learn unity and practice more unity and self-love first. See, we we can go, we can we can run to um, solving the problem with um, racism. We can run to these other little issues that's in front of us, mm -hmm. but all of them will be solved at a faster pace if I learn to love you. If I learn to speak to you uh, openly and honestly, and I learn to respect you as my brother, and now we we have a common understanding of one another. Now we had a love for one another, and now we can fight collectively together against those things that have oppressed our community. That's what we need to start at first. Okay. We have to we have to understand that. Look, this is the situation that we in. 
I know you, you, this is a hypothetical situation, just an idea. I want you to understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, an example. Okay, you got a guy that's a gangster, you got a guy that's a stone, you got a guy that's a vice lord. Okay, I know you believe in this uh, concept, ideology. I know you believe in this. I know you believe in this. But these common things are oppressing all of us. Right. So let's just put those differences aside for right now and look at um, this economic <clears throat> the situation is felonous, excuse me. Um, let's look at, uh, we, we, for example, the weed. We're not in the weed industry. So that's the problem. How can we figure out to get in the weed industry? We all give collective ideas on how we need to do it. And once we set up a, a collective ideas on how we need to uh, get involved in the uh, distribution of marijuana legally, now we, we figured out a plan. Now let's execute that plan. Let's put away all the other issues. The pretty differences that we have. Right. Let's put away our egos. Let's execute that plan. Now we got the dis- uh the dispensary up. Right. Now that dispensary, just in December, made $1.38 billion. $1.38 billion, man. man. In December. Man. The legal marijuana in Illinois. $1.38 billion. Now we get the dispensary up. Now we have money coming in our community. Now we can start building our community with this uh Economic empowerment right here. That's the first step. Now, don't nobody get greedy that we got this money coming in. Let's split it up. Let's look at the other issues that affect us now. Right. Poor educational systems. Now, we can take some of this money and push it into the poor educational system. Uh, we need job workforce training. We can take some of the profits that we receive from the marijuana and push it into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever we, whatever issues that we we need to get fixed, we have a way of fixing them now. So, so. That's how I look at it. We have to start at that small thing first. Open, honest, um, effective communication and um, respecting other individuals' ideologies and beliefs as men and eliminating our ego. Once once we do that and figure out what what issues we need to target first, it's not going to be hard, bro. Like I said, you know, I'm giving it to you in the interview, so it's like I'm crunched for time. Right, right. But I feel I, I sit definitely, down and really formulate a plan. That's the plan, and I, to not do it in a way where it's like um, hateful towards the government. You got you. Can you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no. No. We I can't. We can't hate the government of our country. No. I, I, I feel we can't hate it because we have ways to change it, the things that they do if we work together. True that. That's why I feel not to not to cut you off, but I know you pressed with time. I, w- I just want to get this to the people. That's why I feel that we have to come together, as you say, on those principles so we can be able to regulate our elected officials the right way to keep them in check. And we wow and we get them an excuse not to do what we need. You feel me? That's the big facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We gotta we elected these people in on the on the on on the hope that you would do the right thing and not turn your back on me with a excuse. Because I look at it like Chicago, they, they they keep and it's rough. Don't get me wrong, it's rough. But it's so much so many good things happening in Chicago through the media. You can change the narrative and change the vibe in Chicago if you wanted to. 
That's but, why we need you to come back. But to through the music, and I'm saying that on the air. <laughs> People that are listening tell Kevin Black to come back to Chicago, okay, so we can figure out what all these problems, these issues we got. I look so at the, that. I look at the politicians. I look at the music industry. I look at the entertainment industry, and I look how they use the shit out of our youth. You feel me? And I be like, I'm telling you, I be like, man, I be conflicted. Like, man, should I even play this? Because, see, I stopped playing this songs all together. You feel me? Because I, I had to look at it like, this entertainment for me, you feel this shit, you know, y'all, y'all crazy. Then I looked at the actuality of it. No, they not crazy. They fucking for real. And these young guys are dying behind this shit. You feel me? These young guys are really purposely dying behind what they call now clout, right? I'm like, damn. And I, I compared it to a few generations I done lived through. You feel me? And I'm like, damn, this is outrageous. You feel me? And these just songs with the truth in them. But then you look outside the song and you look around the city, this all they reporting on. This all they reporting on. So they keeping this narrative in your mind. They keeping it in your mind, right? So you like, you watch TV or you watch the news or you listen to the radio. Nothing good is on that. But it's so many, so much good happening in the city of Chicago. My brother over here just opened up a stove. My brother over here just opened up a vocational school on a stove front. You feel me? These type of things are happening. These type of things are really happening in the city, right? But they don't get reported on. But if you make a nice diss song, 107.5 gonna play it, 92.3 gonna play it, you feel me? But if you make some of substance, they ain't checking for you. So it's like, okay, like at some point, we had to say, you know what, man? Cause my 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 whole thing is I'm tired of protesting. As I look at history, protesting ain't never got you nowhere, but beat. But you know what always get you somewhere? Boycotting. So if we want any type of change, after we come together as a collective and get an understanding on how we need to move and respect each other as brothers in the struggle for real, and not struggling, now we're not struggling against the government. You feel me? We're actually struggling against ourselves. Ooh, that's deep. Our own like mental understanding, you feel me? Our own mental understanding of how we need to move, not as just, just one person moving, you feel me? But as a collective moving, even when you disagree with what the multitude said, you put your all into it to make it work because we have a list of things we can do. We just started here. If it works, it works. If everybody put their 100 into it and it don't work, it don't pan out, we're going to move to the next idea. No matter who it came from, the next idea in line will come up, right? And I'm like, damn, 
that would be social justice right there. To boycott everything that ain't what the growth of our community, I don't care who you is. Joe, we ain't on that. Now, if you go out of town with that, bro, you feel me? We're going to send word up. We got brothers there too. We ain't on that, bro. We can't, we can't do that and build. We can't build you up financially and you using things that tear us down. We can't do that no more. You feel me? And at some point, we're going to have to understand enough is enough. Not with the government, with ourselves, man. With ourselves. Whoo, man, Joe. That's a deep conversation right there. That, that, that's, that's something that no matter how much you talk about it, where do we start? You feel me? Where well, do we... I'm, I'm going to tell you like this, bro. Um, by being a man of God that I consider myself uh, and that I know I am. Right. I was just going to say you consider yourself. Do you, you know, know it not? And I, and I say I consider myself that because um, sometimes people may look at you and they might not understand how God working through you. And they might call you, you know, everybody is judgmental. Yeah. And so when I say I consider myself, I'm saying that I consider me. Despite what other people may see, because, you know, people meet you in different different stages of your life. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they, sure. and, and they can't see the other other side of it. No, they hold on to what they want to hold on to. No, when you was younger, <laughs> and, they don't, and they don't see this God that's in you now. Right. They can't even acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. So you have to see yourself and understand God's purpose that he has you walking in. 100. So that's what I mean by when I consider myself. I consider myself. I don't care what nobody else know about me and nobody else seen. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you who I am. 100. So, um, I don't, I don't live in fear and it's going to take some steps, but God's going to open up a lot this summer in the city of Chicago. Yes, he is. Uh, yes, he I, is. I want to say that now. So when people see these changes and see the, see the, see the things that happen, no, that's God working. Just know that's God working. No matter if you don't understand it, no matter what, just know it's God working, baby. Just know it's God working and his will will be done. Because this is the most opportune time in my lifetime. In my lifetime. It was it was one time I had I had, I was a part of something, right? And um the nation had put together a drive and you know, we marched down to the Daily Center. Man, we was about uh I the numbers, we about fifty thousand deep that day. You feel me? We marched from, we called buses from every, every um, set that was in the city that belonged to the organization. They was bused to 35th. I think it was Wabash or Miss. No, it was Wabash, right? Or State, one of them. But we marched from there to the Daily Center, you feel me? And, and, and protest. Of, of our political identity in the city, right? And it was under the campaign of, you know, let's get the old man out. You feel me? And um, I had never been so proud of just being a young black man from Chicago at that time. You feel me? To see that mm -hmm. type of organization, to see the big homies, you know, 
show they worth and why they why they the big homies. You feel me in the neighborhood. You feel me to get us all together in these neighborhoods from all over the city, out west, up north. I'm talking about everywhere. You feel me? And to see us come together as a collective peacefully. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that's part of this got due to the system got some type of criminal background at this time. You feel me? From petty to, to major. But we looked at as human beings on a mission. You feel me? That's doing it peacefully. Even though they look at us as young black men that's, you know, gangbangers, we actually had them respect us that day. Utilizing the laws that they set forth. You feel me? We was respected that day. And I remember just like, damn, you know, um, my, my my old girl coming to me. Like, that's why you left this early this morning to go mm. join the march? And she tell me, I really ain't never been with that street shit. But if you're going to do it and stand for something that's bigger than you, I commend you on that. I ain't with none of that street shit, though. But for you to take part of that, standing up for another brother of color, you feel me? I commend you on that. And it always stuck with me. Like, community is everything. You feel me? Like, I went to Fitz. And if we was 63rd, you know about Fitz on Ingleside, John Fitz. And we have a camaraderie over there that I wish that would just take the city by storm. You feel me? Because it's a brotherhood. Like you was talking about your Dixon brotherhood. You feel me? It's a brotherhood that greed couldn't even break. You feel me? Because we always going to talk it out. And, I, and that's why I agree with you on building our own brotherhoods. You know, we taking and, and we borrowing from organizations we come from. But at the end of the day, we know what killed those organizations and broke them down to mere ash. You feel me? So we have to regulate that. I'm with you on that. Regulating and cutting out that cancer without the negative that come up, that come along with cutting out the cancer. We ain't got to go that route no more because we understand we can actually run the government. We can actually run from inside the government because they right now, it's so much of a toss-up to how they want to um, run the country that they unbalanced right now. And that we don't step up, that's why I agree with you. If our generation don't step up wholeheartedly and grab the reins, we're going to be sucked down with them Inter mm. internationally. You feel me? That's when it get international because we all under international law, whether we want to know it or not. You feel me? We all under marine law. Don't ever get that twisted. You feel me? This this company is built off a charter. So they got to pay a tax to somebody. It's just like opening up a business here or a motorcycle club or any type of charter, any type of LLC. You're going to pay somebody 
to recognize you as doing business, wherever you're doing business at. And they have laws to protect you, and they have a banner to protect you. The United States government ain't no different. And now, at this point, we actually in a position where we can control our own government, not just for people of color like, you know, our melon, you feel me? The penny melon, no, not just for us, but for everybody. Because we've been oppressed so much, we know how it really feels to be oppressed. Like to have everybody that see you look at you a certain way, you're the nicest person in the world. They just see you that way. Other nationalities just see us that way. Because when they brought over here, they are warned about the young black male of America. The young black male of America is the most hunted species out of man, humankind ever. And we have uh, the ability right now to refocus our energy and change that narrative because I look at our, our, our man, the man we are, the man, excuse me, the man we are, we control every aspect of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, whether we acknowledge it or not. You acknowledging it has nothing to do with you actually owning that, being born, that's your birthright. Feel what I'm saying? So as we going forth, like you said, we got to have an understanding. We have to have a mutual respect. We have, to, we have to come together in a way. We have to re reteach ourselves to come together in a way that's positive for the whole multitude. And like you say, that's that open dialogue. You feel me? That honesty in dialogue without taking it offensive or saying it offensive. So yeah, I, I, I'm definitely in agreement with, with, with how you put it. You feel me? I'm definitely in agreement with that. But what you think about the way Miss Lightfoot is being treated and as well as handling the city of Chicago? Because the city of Chicago got a whole membership of color that's running that joint right now. Ooh, that's, you feel me? That's, so it's like, man. And I'll be like, man. I know y'all ain't going to let them pile this pressure on y'all when we finally get y'all back in office. You feel uh, me? I so, think, I, I would say this. Um, Lori Lightfoot is is a, is a person, okay. We got and three. We got we got two minutes, Joe. Um, and um, she has she has she has a she has a hand full. I'll say that. Uh, and coming from um Ohio uh, to become the mayor of the city of Chicago. <laughs> Man, she got her hands full. Okay. I'll say that. 
Uh, that's the best way I can say it. Because it's, 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 I mean, let me ask you this. Info. I'll say it like that. That's the best way I can put it. Let me ask like you fair this. Fair to her and fair to Would everybody you... involved, all parties involved, and all individuals. She has her hands full. And that and, and, and her job would be a job that you would have to understand the demographics of what you're getting into. And then you would have to be in touch with the people and understand what's really going on. And I just don't think that in her her years of time becoming the mayor, she got like kind of forced and pushed into that. She should have been like an alderman first. Yeah. Ooh, man. She should have been like, and, I, and I'm not saying this any way affects her um, intelligence level. Hold on, hold on. How much time you got left? Um, I mean, probably like one one minute to answer this question. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but we'll do this again, bro. For sure. We're definitely going to do this again. For sure. I think she should have, like, been an alderman first and, and, like, got a feel of what she was up against or getting into. I feel that she was just, like, kind of, like, it was an opportunity for her to take, uh, to win an office, and it was taken. But to understand how Chicago works, man, you... Yeah. I've been here a lifetime. Right. <laughs> um... Without really communicating with the people and communicating with the neighborhoods, man, that was going to be a hard task in itself. So I just pray for her uh, and hope that she can uh, make it through the, the rest of her term healthy and safe. And um, we have to we have to go from there. Let's. I just I just pray for the sister's safety and her health. Um. And let her make it to the end of her term, and we'll we'll take we'll we we as a community and as a city we'll go from there. Uh, well, who gets the um who gets that office next? One hundred, one hundred. Well, I definitely appreciate you stopping through the show, man. Like you say, we definitely got to do this again. Um, everybody, give it up from a man crow from the go, baby. Um, very knowledgeable brother. Definitely got a strong opinion. What solutions? That's what we're here for. That's what we're going to use this platform for when we talking politics on any level, government, entertainment, sports, community. We definitely going to come with our gripes, rightfully so, but we're going to come with some type of solution that we then came up with and thought about to push us forward. You feel me? And that's what we're about over here. That's what this platform for. We can talk about anything. But we're going to talk about the politics that's in it, because politics is in everything. So, hey, would you like to let the people know all your socials, man, before we get out of here? And everybody can look me up and reach me at Crow from the Go, man. Um, and that's my social media on uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook. Man, just go on and send me a friend request, man, and get in tune with what's going on, man. Um, I love every, I love everybody. I respect everybody, man. And um, I just pray everybody have a blessed day, man, and continue to to walk on the righteous path and do better and become better people as a whole. That's what's up. Hey, people, I'm out. I did my job. Hope y'all enjoy the podcast, baby. You know, I'll holler at y'all next week. This is your boy Kevin Black with Thomas Media Group. MTM DJs, we built our own lane. That's why we stand it, baby. We out.